0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Dawn of X podcast, the official unofficial X-Men podcast Mm -hmm. of this new era. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by the lovely.
1: Thank you very much for that. My name is Josh, ladies and gentlemen, and I am very lovely. Nick can see me. We're doing this remotely for the first time in our podcasting career. True. Together. We're stepping up. I, I've done this on a different podcast, but this is the first time you and I have tried to do this remotely.
0: And so and scrounging to find a time to meet up and from the, record the
1: great distance of roughly 20 miles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So All right, if you're first time listening to the podcast, we review everything happening currently in this era of X-Men, the dawn of X. Every week, it feels like there's new information. Yes, uh,
1: sometimes multiple new pieces of information a day. Yes, it's getting it's getting wild out there in the X universe, man.
0: And uh, almost, I think every week there's a new issue of this era.
1: Yeah. So i I looked on the calendar, in like mid December, all six of these new titles are coming out on one day. Like the way they're stacking them out. Serious? Yeah.
0: Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Today, we're going to be reviewing X-Men number one and Marauders number one.
1: What a what a two first issues, man. I'm so excited about this.
0: Uh, I, I'm i already shocked by which one I like more than the other.
1: I'm not. I knew where <laughs> I was going to go, man. I knew it I, from the minute I saw the first cover before I even knew what the, the series was going to be about.
0: Well, let's get into some breaking news before we get to the two issues.
1: All right. So... so we What's already have a new announcements
0: for more books. I know. <laughs> Isn't I, that great?
1: I feel like every time I tweet about X-Men anymore, it involves my paycheck <laughs> going to Marvel.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm taking, I'm taking off books right now. And I was like, oh, wow, my weekly poll list is a lot cheaper yeah. than normal. And then I realized <laughs> next month is going to be totally different. Yes. So that's great. But uh, we have three new titles announced. Yes. Keep in mind, we're already in the future getting a Mora X title yeah. and a Wolverine title.
1: Yes, so we already knew about those coming, yeah. And now we have more on the horizon.
0: So one of them is limited, over? which I'm happy about.
1: Yeah, um, yes, at least one of them we know is limited. I have a feeling the giant size one, it's going to yeah. be like maybe a twelve issue maxi series or something.
0: That'll be fine too. Yeah, yeah. If, as long as not ongoing. I can't imagine how they're going to keep doing that ongoing. It's basically a team up book every every month. Yeah. So first one was announced was giant size X Men. Uh, this particular one is Emma and Gene, which I find That's really That's going
1: to be so cool, man. That's going to be fun. you know. Like We saw them
0: bury their shit before. Mm-hmm. Kind of. But now we're going to go in more detail about
1: that. Last we saw them, Emma was handing Gene – no, Gene was handing Emma a beer. Yeah. So, obviously, the bridges have been mended. I, I'm, Neither of them meet Scott anymore. So
0: Well, we'll get to Ooh, that. Let's
1: uh, do it. Okay, <laughs> we're going to talk about it?
0: With it Scott – Wolverine Jean stuff? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good.
1: Do. So this is going to be a three-hour episode.
0: Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> breaking so new excited. ground, Hickman. Uh... I, love I
1: am so excited for it. I am here for that relationship.
0: <laughs> so uh, we have Jonathan's X-Men. First issue from what we know is about Gene and Emma. And I guess every other issue is going to be about a new pairing. Yeah.
1: Apparently it's like a, like a team-up book.
0: Like a Marvel team-up, basically. Yeah, but X-Men. X-Men. Which is yeah. cool. That's awesome. cool.
1: And it's going to be Hickman, I think, each time. And then a different artist, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um then we have I think what I'm most excited about. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four and X-Men, mm-hmm. where they say in the description it's gonna be delving into uh Franklin Richards being a mutant, yeah, and how the rest of the Marvel universe is reacting to this.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially thing. now given that all mutants have their own Israel, you know, their own birthright nation. So
0: yeah, down yeah, that goes. Except probably more nicer than Israel. Uh so um <laughs> <Probably>. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully nicer than Israel. Oh, we lost our Israeli listeners. Uh, <laughs> We're
1: speaking politically, not culturally, folks.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so Fantastic Four, I was. i I'm happy they're immediately, you can tell they had a plan because they dropped that little hint in the very first issue. Yeah,
1: right away. They're already yeah. cashing in on, on little hints they've dropped. I, I love it.
0: And keeping in mind that Franklin is like borderline a god.
1: Mm-hmm. So here's my question for you, because I don't have a whole lot of Franklin Richards knowledge other than like i remember him being a mutant come the onslaught series i think is when i first realized he was a mutant i don't know if that's yes. when they revealed he was a mutant but that's like my my x-men related knowledge of, of franklin i was never a big ff reader and i know you are i thought franklin richards was blonde why does this kid have black hair what's going on? he
0: is he is blonde yes that is one thing
1: so every every cover i've seen of this of this new series he's got black hair
0: yes is he going through nemo
1: phase what do you have? What do you...
0: <laughs> Might be a power thing.
1: Possibly. Okay, maybe, maybe it's okay. All right, I didn't um, know if I didn't know if there was like some alternate universe Franklin Richards that we we're getting or something that you.
0: Yeah, I'm not reading the current run of of a uh, Fantastic Four by Dan okay. Slott because it's a little long-winded and boring. Oh, Sorry, Dance I Dance? usually like Dan Slott. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. Dan Slott a, a lot too.
1: I mean, I, I like what I read of his Spider-Man run at least.
0: Yeah, it's just not grabbing me right now. With oh wait, War. and
1: his Silver Surfer. I loved, I loved his Silver Surfer. That was
0: good. It was basically yeah. Doctor Who.
1: Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. All right, and then um, we have one more X book. But before that, okay,
0: Fantastic Four. Franklin, he for the past few years, ironically, since Hickman was in charge of that book, <laughs> he's a god. He oh. has literally created universes with his powers.
1: Oh, is that what that that Secret Wars thing was, or whatever? Yeah. Or the, okay. uh,
0: it was resolved with um after Doctor Doom destroyed the multiverse, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find a way to summarize it without going, <laughs> but basically, without me multiverse- shutting the computer down. <laughs> Yeah. The multiverse was destroyed and the Fantastic Four family went back into the multiverse void and Franklin was the one who had to create the new life and new plants and throw them back into the void. So he's a god. That's a
1: hell of a mutant power.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess he's beyond Omega. During Hickman's run of Avengers, when they went to the far future, the mm. only people living were Franklin as an adult and a giant tree that ended up being Groot. Huh. Okay. and they were the last things in existence so yeah
1: all right sorry wolverine you didn't make it after all
0: yeah uh <laughs> one of the many futures uh so i don't i don't know what they're gonna do there i mean i definitely want to see
1: they're...
0: the effect across the marvel universe sure.
1: me too and and as from a creative standpoint they have chip sadarsky writing it and and terry and rachel Dotson's on art and that you can't go wrong with that,
0: man. Chips has been on fire. He's really he's a, been a, on fire.
1: He's a great artist, but he's, I think he's a way better, like, right? He's been killing it. On he did the Life doing. Story
0: Spider Man book. Yeah, bro.
1: which I still need to read.
0: Yeah, it's well, on trade right now, actually. Yeah. And it's so I very, hear it's good.
1: You were the first one to tell me, and I've seen some people on Twitter talking
0: about it lately, too. Yeah. So. And next up, I don't really know anything about this one. The I X-Corp. don't
1: think that other than the, an artist whose name escapes me, and I forget, I f- apologize for not putting it in the outline, other than the art. Of the artist on it we don't have a writer or anything it's just X-Corp
0: <laughs> and I can't remember honestly reading any X-Corp in the past
1: so from what I understand they were like um, a a group that worked with like X-Factor or X-Force I mean like they were like some like the corporate version of the X-Men I think there was something if I remember correctly in the Morrison run where like Xavier basically trademarked the name X-Men or like they had like <laughs> Some like corporate entity that was X hm
0: Yeah, so, I don't know.
1: That one. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this is going to be like that, or if it's going to be like X core like another action book. You know, is it going to be like a, a business, a business um, book? Is it going to be how to make friends and influence people? I don't know.
0: Well, okay, so we have to get into our first issue slash problem. If there's going to be a month where we have the books we have now, we have Wolverine, we mm-hmm. have Moira, and we have these three books, is so that too we... much?
1: Um, it's going to come a time where we're going to have way too much to talk about <laughs> doing this every two weeks. So we're either going to have to figure out a way to do this every week or pick and choose which X books we talk about on here.
0: So I'm we, hoping I, by, you know, month three or four, we can see what's important and what's not.
1: Yeah. You know. Given um, that it's, it's Hickman and a lot's been made about how he world builds, I'm afraid it's all important.
0: <laughs> that too. But I, ha- I have to assume that Marvel- There's going to be knows.
1: some, like those, these one-shots ones, right? These like that, yeah, that giant size one, that might be one that we kind of cover if we both read one that we, we thought was really good. Yeah. But something strikes me as it's going to be, you know, one-shots, one little stories going on in the background.
0: Yeah. I can live with that. All right, so we let's might take it on that. The very first issue of X-Men, which Wait, we're we got actually-
1: correction corner, man. We got we got to fix some stuff from the last issue. What do you mean? So the last episode, we uh, the two of us, I'll take credit for my mistakes. We made okay. a few mistakes. And the X-Men universe is, is forgiving, but only to so much. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and get on. So when we were talking about the Excalibur Title: We couldn't remember who the one last member on there was, even though we were looking right at him. That was mm-hmm. Richter. I want to apologize to all the Richter yes. fans for not recognizing. But
0: the thing is, okay, in in our defense, I know Richter from X Factor. Exactly, and he didn't look that way.
1: I, and and in my defense, it's been a long time since I read X Men. Okay, I'm just coming back.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, Kuanin, I said was a Cyclops clone. That is not correct. She has a very vast history of being possessed by the consciousness of of, of Betty Burdock of Braddock. So. My bad. Listen,
0: and finally, this one is important. Keep it straight. <laughs>
1: yes. This is the most important one because this is the one that makes us look like the biggest idiots and we need to correct this. Remember when you and I were trying to remember <laughs> who the precog was that wore the blindfold? <laughs> Her name was Blindfold, my friend. And you know what? I
0: blame Marvel. I blame Marvel. I blame myself for not
1: seeing the, the the
0: low-hanging fruit there. So, yeah. So, sorry, my image of a character was more creative than the actual exactly i <laughs>
1: had a better world planned for her than marvel did especially the way they killed her all right yeah, they, they did her dirty
0: but then also do you bring her back anyway no, um the game pre are coming back yeah <laughs> not on so, the watch now we have issue one of x-men uh i right off the bat i was slightly disappointed it was I thought for the first issue of X Men, you want to come out of the gate, you know, really hit the ground running. And I feel like it felt like a continuation of like a House of X Power of X rather yeah. than like an issue one of X Men.
1: It did. I will say that there was slightly more characterization. Yes. In this one than House of X Powers of 10. Yes. I will say that we started seeing a little bit more of their personalities again. Yeah. Maybe not Especially as much Cyclops. As the next book. Yeah, Cyclops' personality came out. Storm and Cyclops working together right off the bat, like as a well-oiled machine again, was very cool to see. Their relationship was good. Like I started seeing more characters behaving slightly more like they are I'm accustomed to seeing them, I guess. Yeah, no, that's fair. So now she like starts that. off. Oh, go ahead. I said I did like I did like how that worked out.
0: Yeah. Uh, this the art was pretty good with the x-men on a mission uh yes. which was nice and they're attacking this facility and they're trying to kind of get the technology and stop whatever the what was the name of the company again that's make that's working with all the different human companies
1: or orchis orchis orchis, orchis, orchis. like or, orchard orchid but orchis
0: <laughs> yeah uh trying to stop them for all they planning i did like the part where they turned themselves into apes <laughs>
1: Yeah, I felt very I have a note in here too about that. It, it felt very much like a throwback to something Grant Morrison would do.
0: Yes, you know, like so. just
1: completely insane and even Scott saying, "Be careful, these apes got PhDs" was like <laughs> such like a a silly line that I could see Grant Morrison writing. So, given how much is on record that this kind of plays or goes back to the Grant Morrison stuff, I thought that was pretty good.
0: Now, also we see I I look at these X-Men teams as like how would you send an attack team for a particular mission Mm -hmm. do you need two magnetic people i know yeah (laughs) i feel
1: like i feel like polaris is kind of our stand-in this time you know how like it you know like in years past jubilee was the new member and she was like our point of view character kitty pride used to be that way i feel like polaris is doing that right now in the sense of like like in the house of x powers of 10 excuse me she was a lot of the ones questioning Magneto, like, so how does the how does the reincarnation machine work? Like, I don't understand what this is, and like, like she might be the newest one there, and they're kind of taking her on this journey. Because even when she's talking to Scott, she's like, "Do you really believe all the stuff you're saying?" You know, like I we'll get like to that, that a little bit. Like, so like she seems to be the one who's kind of fresher eyes, and kind of like feels like a little bit like the way we would be seeing it, like the way we keep questioning, like. Is all this real or is they being mind controlled or what's happening, you know?
0: Which also raises a question like, is this just a writing thing so we can have a different view of the situation, mm-hmm. or is she doubtful Somehow. of this paradise? Exactly, yeah. So I'm in- I'm interested in that. Me too. Uh we I have a main the... character again. We have the what? Good. uh we have the bad guys basically doing the classic delete everything before they get here <laughs> yeah kind of funny. moment kind of like avengers hey, 2 yeah hey. and the x-men when they get to uh when they get to the bottom they see a bunch of people in tubes
1: yes a bunch of young mutants that they've been i guess experimenting on
0: i was a little confused about that are they mutants or humans being in advanced
1: Um, I got the, I got the impression that there were quite a few, a couple things going on. So they went there to save the mutants. They were clearly there to save the mutant children. Yeah. But, and we can get into this now or in a little bit, one of the vaults they did, or one of the tubes they opened was most likely a children of the vault character, a vault child. Even, um, Storm says, you're from the vault, aren't you? And she looks a lot like a character from that run so i i just read that series that introduces those characters we could talk about yeah that you want now, to talk about or... that because i haven't okay. read that one so the i don't know what the character's name is in house or in x-men right now she they didn't give her a name she disappeared too quickly
0: She's just a post-human
1: but yeah but the so the children of the vault they were this we don't know how many or at least i don't not in the series i read there was seven of them or six or seven of them as part of a team but there is a giant like boat like a, like a cruise liner type ship, like a Titanic site ship that has been off the coast. I think of like Argentina forever. And they had all these kids and and people down there that they're experimenting on in a way where like they were stopping time on this vessel. So all these people were evolving past mutants, past all this stuff. And they were like the first of the, the, what was it? Power of 10 characters, the, the post-human people there, they looked very similar to and They had that kind of, that vibe to him does so that have anything to do
0: with the high evolutionary
1: not that i saw this but it might have built to it in, in yeah like, okay like later issues so that this sounds was, a lot like him <laughs> this this run was from 2006 it was uh mike carey and art by chris Bachalo, which is the fucking one of the best x-men artists ever <laughs> but um so yeah the girl that's in x-men one that disappears she looks a lot like one of the characters in that one called Serafina. And her ability was basically to interact with technology and other mutants' abilities, and like being able to like take over machines, take over other mutants, and use their powers that way. So clearly, what I what I like about this was that um, Jonathan Hickman is clearly referencing older little things that have happened in the X Men universe to kind of like tie back, like this little six part story from two thousand and six might actually be the fundamentals of these post humans that Moira is like oh no we're always gonna lose these people are gonna win like
0: which we definitely will this group, the end
1: <laughs> what it would seems like you know there's also um, two other things that I, I saw in that series or that six issue arc that I was like oh that's kind of uh, similar so Sabretooth joins the team there because he's being hunted by the kids because he's the one who found that that vessel and in order to keep him on a leash, they do this weird ass punishment where they put like nano sentinels inside of his body. Mm. So, and then they're like, listen, if you don't, if you misbehave, we're just going to like activate this. And it's not going to kill you because nothing can kill you, but it's going to hurt. Like, like, this so weird... Spike from Buffy? Exactly. This weird form of punishment. is <laughs> like they're still just using him as a guinea pig and to punish him all the time. <laughs> and then you know that Omega sentinel that works with Orchis and works with the humans, Karima? Yeah. I didn't realize that she was part of X-Men going back. She's in this story. She's like an Omega-level Sentinel that kind of befriends the mutants. I remember her from
0: the Matt Fraction run. Yeah, so like... like a little before Avengers vs. X-Men. She was part of the team.
1: So like she's kind of had these different incarnations that I was not aware of. So it was pretty cool for me to see that.
0: After they save the children, they go back to Krakoa. And I love this moment because all the kids run to magneto and magneto's back
1: this scene so much he he, it's so adorable and you can tell how much he like loves it just from his own crazy ego standpoint but also like when he tells the kids like i have fought my entire life so you don't have to like that is true that is what magneto has been doing like he's there for you just got to understand that magneto loves the kids
0: well, Much like I trick,
1: think... Magneto loves the kids. Exactly, not his own kids most of the time.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess he's he's come around on Polaris, It seems like. Well, Marvel sadly has done so many different things where we don't even really know the origin of Scarlet Witch. Or no, yeah, Person no.
1: At this point, so I, I assume after the what Age of Ultron movie came out,
0: they changed it. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: assume they, they changed it to the, the high
0: evolutionary. Oh, okay. Change their DNA for some reason and yeah, then gave them to Magneto. Yeah. Because they wanted to basically make him in humans. It yeah. was a thing. It was a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. There was a book called Uncanny in Humans. It was insulting. I so uh... no,
1: there wasn't <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so after Magneto soaking it in with all the little kids and they're all praising him for being a great hero, you have a nice moment that we mentioned between Polaris and Cyclops yeah. where Cyclops is kind of saying, I fought for something and now it's happening. And she mm-hmm. says, do you really believe that? And he's like, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, every every single word or something like that, he says, like, every yeah. word of it, yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, the note I wrote down for the for Scott, or one of the many notes I have that start with Scott, the word Scott, Scott is clearly bought into this new world. Yeah, like, he's you've seen in. it before, but, like, the, he gives a monologue to Storm in the middle of the battle about how he's tired of little steps forward, it's time for a giant leap, he gives that monologue to Polaris and later I'm sure you're going to get to it where he called, where he gives another monologue to Corsair. And then another thing I saw where like, man, Scott is really on board for this in that battle. You were just talking about when we were like, do we need two magnetic people? When, when he tells Magneto, all right, it's your turn. He calls him, sir. Like he is so bought in that he's the general and that's the captain, you know, or he's the captain. That's the guy
0: who he reports to now. Knowing Hickman's writing and, and knowing comic book tropes, I'm almost afraid to see what happens to some of these characters if and when they lose all of this. Yes. When you yeah. finally give it in into something and you mm-hmm. lose it all. I know. So yeah. This is, a
1: snap. this is setting up to be one of the biggest tragedies in X-Men history. You <laughs> know, like, cause there's no happy ending. It's there's It's the X-Men. It's much like daredevil. Yeah. There's no fucking happy ending. here. <laughs> like, So anytime I have a moment of like, Oh my God, that was just so nice to see. I, in the back of my head, like, man that's gonna hurt when that falls apart
0: (laughs) yes uh she invites polaris to come to his part of the island which isn't actually part of the island uh and also she's kind of hesitant which made me confused like is she still with havoc i don't think so i don't know where the hell
1: they are in their relationship right now so listeners if you'd like to get at us on twitter and tell us where the hell they are in their relationship that would actually be very appreciated
0: yeah because the, honestly the last thing I remember of, uh, of Havoc's love life, he was actually dating Wasp in the Uncanny Avengers mm. and then they had a futuristic son together and then he was kidnapped by Krang or K- Kang, not Krang, uh, yeah, by so- Kang <laughs> <laughs> and then for some reason Havoc was turned evil by a situation and then Wasp left him
1: Okay,
0: <laughs> thanks to Rick Remander all right, good job. Yeah, Amanda. <laughs> that's all I got so far. So, after this, we cut to the bad guys. The main, it seems like the main scientists for the Ortrus Forge. I'm mm-hmm. saying that right. Yeah, I don't um, like that there's another Forge. There's two Forges. <laughs> two Forges. <laughs> we see a bunch of these kind of uh, caskets, essentially. And to me, this felt a little bad guy monologue Oh yeah,
1: 100%. This is, let's bring the readers into my evil plan. Yeah. But at least he wasn't giving the evil plan to a hero. At least he was just talking to his own people. Like, just reminding you of what our mission and vision statements are, everybody. I want to make sure we're all still bought in as a team after this, albeit major setback.
0: Let's <laughs> 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 so make sure, group meeting robots, group meeting. Group meeting. So how many people, we have three people left. Okay, very good, very good. And honestly, I felt like, what is his final plan? Does he really say? I mean, we get more at the end. (laughs) Yeah. but we get that Dr. Gregor
1: has her own plan now. (laughs) Because at the very end, yeah, she apparently can bring back their own dead now. So I don't know what's going on there. (laughs) Whatever Uh, the mutants can do, they can do better.
0: Hope From what they hope, yeah. After this, we get to probably my favorite part of the whole book, which is when we get to uh, Summer's land. Yeah. Uh, I have a few questions about how this place works, but one of the moments I really, really like is everything with Vulcan. Now, I don't know how much you've read about Vulcan.
1: All I know about Vulcan is what I just read in Deadly Genesis. Which is very good. It's a very good book. Yes, I wasn't thrilled with the art, but the storytelling was very good.
0: But here's the thing for me. Last time I saw Vulcan yes. was during the War of Kings in the cosmic comic book event, where okay. Black Bolt disintegrated him with a yell. But also, he was insane and in charge of the whole Shiar Empire.
1: Vulcan like he was, was, or um, Black Bolt. No, Vulcan. Okay.
0: Yeah, Vulcan was in charge of the whole Shiar Empire, and then he was getting ready to have a like a bomb that was going to kill everyone, and like he mm-hmm. was a full-on space bad guy. Sure. So. Seeing Vulcan be really cool to Wolverine. Yes.
1: That line about "you may, you may have your steak rare, medium rare." <laughs> like it makes <laughs> yeah. me laugh every fucking time. Especially Wolverine's reaction of "you son of a," and like just cut off the scene real quick. Like it's so funny.
0: It was great, but for the Vulcan, I know I'm like. What the hell's going on? Like, Even
1: I at that point because like I've known of Vulcan like I never read much with him up until now but like I knew of him from listening to other podcasts or, or reading like recaps and stuff and I was always like I
0: did not think he was a funny character. So someone on Reddit explained to me and I totally understand this it. This is
1: now. already not going well. <laughs> I know
0: from one of his because um, the costume he's wearing is what he wore before Deadly Genesis. Before yes. he was like trapped in Krakoa for yeah. years mm-hmm. and went yeah, crazy. Yeah. So basically, it makes sense if, Mag- if Xavier only has the memories of him before he went on the oh, mission. Oh, maybe. So if he brought him back, he can only base it off what he knew of him before the mission, That's which true. is also conveniently before he went crazy and turned That's, into a bad guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because even at one point, like he says, I'm only like this because I don't have a strong male role model. Yeah, and like that would make sense because like at this point he didn't have anyone to be mad at. He just knew he didn't have anyone.
0: Yeah, he didn't have a father or a brother because yeah. at this time and during Deadly Genesis, uh, Scott was captured by Krakoa, mm-hmm. and he was on the secondary team to try and save them.
1: Yeah, the secret- I kept thinking of reading this because like you know, like I knew you know I obviously I didn't read it when it came out in the '60s, but like I knew of Krakoa as the villain character or the or the nemesis if you will so i was i was thinking reading this the whole time for the first time i'm like man how how do the mutants feel that have been like tortured by Krokroa now that they have to live here well he
0: became good during uh wolverine and the x-men oh okay yeah they used him as like the school security oh that makes sense <laughs> so it's okay. kind of been a progression all right good because like,
1: it felt to me more like oh so he just kind of disappeared as a character file and he's like all right he's back as a good guy now
0: <laughs> yeah so next part, we have Scott kind of explaining to his father what this place is, why he chose it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, it's the
1: blue side of the moon, so that's where the Phoenix trial happened.
0: That's oh, I think that. Where Gene Gray
1: died. Yeah, yeah. That was the first thing I saw. I'm like, Gene wants to live there.
0: <laughs> this Gene, we don't know what, we don't know we don't, when. That's this true. G- this
1: might be a Gene before the Phoenix.
0: I really think that. I think so, uh, frankly, but we'll see. And it's a an, it's a nice moment because the Starjammers, who you don't, if you don't know, the Starjammers are basically Guardians of the Galaxy before Guardians of the Galaxy were a thing, but cooler, but because they're X Men, say but cooler,
1: yeah, <laughs> because they're X Men, well, and
0: okay, they don't listen to the same problem, dumb tape all the time. They're not, and Cyclops no, know, gives a characters. flower. Yes, saying, I hey, know you can use this.
1: Yeah, that was when he did that. I'm like, so that's a great way to invite enemies onto your fucking moon. Well, that and also, how could he use it? Um, I think I mean there is a line in the next X Men book where like you can have guests or whatever. You know, what I mean the next. Well, X-Men you have
0: body. to accompany them.
1: Yeah, but I'm wondering if you can tell Krakoa this person has a standing thing, right? Like, there's got to be a way. You're like, no, no, he's allowed in. He's this is my house. He can come here, but only here. I mean, he's not getting to the main part of Krakoa.
0: Maybe because it's on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe awesome.
1: that's the the work around there,
0: but. So we have a but lot, but also nice like
1: moments. you're giving a gateway to a guy who's in the middle of space battles all the time. What happens when like space pirates take over his space pirate boat? Yeah, and then they're just like, "Oh, cool, we have this fucking Krakoa flower now." It seems short-sighted. <laughs> Cyclops but, is yeah, short-sighted, yeah. but
0: it, it's also a nice moment because Cyclops will now always have a connection with the father he wasn't raised by. <laughs> yes,
1: that's so always that's also good. to really
0: have. Nice. Uh, we have a lot of fun moments between the Summers family and the extended
1: uh, summers family yeah and the star yes, so so who who jammers yes
0: <laughs> this is probably really confusing because you don't understand these characters
1: yeah and if you don't know star jammers familiarize yourself with them they're the best
0: there's some good stuff there's some good yeah. uh, there's a good brew baker yeah uh, story he did with like there's a star jammers and X-Men versus Shire Empire mm-hmm. they're uh, fun they're
1: just a bunch of fun pirates that's really what they are is yeah. basically a bunch of pirates
0: um, then we have <laughs> the controversial moment. I don't think that had everyone talking,
1: they definitely uh, had everybody talking.
0: <laughs> we get the floor plan of the summer's house and we see everyone's room Vulcan, Havoc, Cable, Rachel, the dining room, the living area,
1: yeah,
0: the uh, empty looks, rooms. Like, It looks like Cyclops, Gene, and Wolverine's room are connected.
1: Oh, they are connected. They are the only rooms in there that aren't like kitchen to living room, from what I can recall, that are connected. None of the other rooms are connected. So what does that mean, Josh? (laughs) To me, I'm going to be straight up with you. That means they are at best what I believe is called a a truple, a thruffle. That's what I've been seeing a lot of. They have explored new points in both of their relationships. At worst, it means it was a poorly designed house.
0: <laughs> it means Wolverine broke the walls. It
1: means Wolverine could not keep his hands away from Cyclops, and he had to break through Jean's room to get there because <laughs> <laughs> he needed some of that Scott Summers loving. I I 100% believe this is Hickman's way of saying they
0: all have sex with each other. And I bet you he will never touch on it. I
1: Honestly, it's getting to the point where they should do something. Like, I know they have... I know Iceman is openly gay, and they have a couple other openly gay X-Men, but, like... Maybe G has
0: two boyfriends. Maybe, maybe she just really couldn't maybe choose. Maybe it's two time boyfriends.
1: to, like, let the X-Men be the fucking crazy hypersexual beings they are. Like, there's no way they wouldn't be. They all have superpowers. They're all buff as shit. Like, they
0: all live in the same fucking house. They're all fucking... Now, here's my thing, oh, though. All uh, the I X-Men think this have sex. Floor, the cover has uh, Cyclops and Emma riding like a dragon or something. hmm And there's no place for Emma at this house. There is no place. There are empty rooms, but there's nothing currently labeled for Emma. And also, there's certain Summers people that I'm wondering, okay, is there room for them? Because, like, Nate Gray, X-Man? Yes, I didn't. I mean, that may be one of the empty rooms. You know, um... um I think of all the random... I think there should be a room for Madeline Pride. I think you should bring her back to Madeline Pryor? Maybe they will. Maybe they, they, I can't imagine there's not a scenario in which Madeline Pryor comes back.
1: Was Especially she actually the amount of times they just say the word inferno. Yeah. No, what were you going to say? What did you say about Madeline?
0: Was she actually a mutant? I can't remember. Well, she ended <laughs> up being a clone of Jean, right? Yeah, so... So, yeah. You know, I mean, the thing Scott didn't realize for some reason. <laughs>
1: every like i had read i've recently read where she gets introduced for the first time and like the beginnings of the relationship and the amount of times he and everyone else say wow she looks a lot like gene like yeah no shit (laughs) well she even
0: sounds like to sassy sinister laughing
1: (laughs) (laughs) fucking sinister man we'll get to
0: his sinister secrets soon
1: yeah i want to talk about them secrets
0: (laughs) So the issue ends with... Do you want to go
1: on record of what you think is going on with, with Gene oh Logan, yeah, no, 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 they're all fucking. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. All right, good.
0: Uh, ha- they have to. it
1: here at the official, unofficial podcast of Don X. Logan, Gene, and Scott are all fucking yeah. in whichever order they want to.
0: Basically. Like, I could imagine Gene just being like, listen, both of you, I like you both. Let's just... it's." It's 2019, maybe. Yeah, man. We don't. It's, yeah,
1: who knows what year it is. It's, yeah, we'll but in mutant it. in mutant culture, it's probably like, come on, man. They need their own culture now too. Like they have their own land. Like fuck it.
0: And you know, we were all reborn together, yeah, man. man. We all came out of the goopy egg
1: together. Polyamory is such a fucking human thing, you know. Like we're yeah. mutants,
0: baby. <laughs> so then we cut to back to the uh, forge, where we see the evil doctors doing evil things. But the woman, what is her name again? The white haired woman gregor i think right dr gregor Gregor. uh she was in power of x and house of x yes she lost her husband and says that she's bringing him back with a pink crystal get closer to the mic there you go with a pink crystal that looks a lot like nimrod's crystal
1: yes it did it looked a lot like nimrod's crystal and so all obviously all you can think here is that whatever she just pulled out of that furnace looking thing has the ability to bring back humans. So now both mutants and humans have a way of bringing back their fallen, which is, I'm sure the problem is just thrilled about. <laughs> from but an also ecological the fact standpoint. That
0: it, it brings out the idea that the future of them losing is inevitable. Yeah. It's like you
1: make your own future. Yeah, like every time they think they are preventing the future, they're just rerouting it to another one, much like Days of Future Past did. Yeah, uh,
0: and that was issue one. Of X Men, yes. so here's I'm my. If I got
1: all my notes, you go ahead and talk on.
0: Uh, I enjoy it for the most part. I just feel like if you're bringing in new fans, this is not good for new fans. Yeah, sure. Um, you have to start with House of X and Power of X, and yes. even then, that's not the best for new fans.
1: No, that is definitely not the best. This feels a little nicer for new fans than even Hawksbox did, but. Again, yeah, there, there's just a lot of moments that you're trust. If they are a new fan, you are trusting that they are going to stick around. Yeah, because you are not giving them a whole lot of explanation as to what the fuck is happening right now.
0: I think I was expecting more of a broad view of everyone rather than this kind of tighter story. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, but like, it was I, it was a good story. I I enjoyed it because I was I was going in thinking, all right, here we like, what is this going to be? We just had Hoxpox, which was very like set up oriented so now here we are into the story that you set up so what is it going to look like and i was i was pleased with it i definitely like like you said a minute ago i definitely liked the quiet moments between the summers way more than i like the action scenes um i could have done without all the cutbacks to the bad guys maybe just one cutback to the bad guys because it just felt like a lot of monologue like you said from from like oh here's my evil plan It's <laughs> so, yeah. All right, let's get back. I want to see them all fucking. Let's get back up there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fucking orgy going on on the moon, and you're fucking taking
0: me to this shit? <laughs> <laughs> now, let's go to, honestly, my favorite book of the week. You know I get a lot of different books from different companies this every better week. This is my book of week. the this, week, man. I, I love the team. I love the writing. I love the art.
1: The art was great. I've seen a, f- a few people pushing back on the art of um, Lockheed. And I respect what you're saying that he doesn't seem as well defined as other versions of Lockheed, but he's fucking adorable. And I love this version of Lockheed.
0: Yeah, no, I love this. So Marauders, number one, we go have a kind of a flashback uh, not long ago, as it says, where they're explaining to uh, Kitty what's Mm -hmm. going on. And she's like, awesome. Cool. Let me go check out this beautiful place bashes her face yeah very hard oh my god on the gateway
1: so the first things i noticed about these two these two things are so like the storm and nightcrawler being there had that that old school hickman cult vibe that we got from Hawksbox, so yes, i like that it was like i like that it started with not that long ago so it's like okay so this is when they were very much in the in the throes of come with us my brothers <laughs> you know and then just how quickly that turns to that slapstick of of, of Kitty Kate running into the wall, like, okay, here's your Hickman taste, but here's what you're gonna get from this book. Yeah, I thought was like really cool.
0: And, and then, possibly subtly, uh, I'll get more detail why, why I think this, but subtly, she's not acting like the other character. She's not, yeah, she
1: is, she is more of herself. She's more of her version of Kitty, like, as she's progressed over the years, then, yeah,
0: than and which almost makes ones. her. It makes her feel left out, but I think in the long run, it might be a good thing. Oh yeah, I think so too. And then
1: the, the other thing, the irony of her not being able to phase through something is yeah. also really funny. Like the, the fact that it's Kitty who can't walk through a wall is really funny. Uh,
0: then we cut to her. Uh, I love these little bits of notes that she took. Oh like, my god. Where she, just,
1: where she just live tweets the crime she's doing yeah. and then puts it in a bottle for the fucking Navy to find? That's such a fucking Kitty pride move to make. Like she I is love- so smart. And like so clever on everything else. But of course she would be the one who'd be like, oh yeah, I wrote down everything I did so that the fucking humans can find it. <laughs> and like know what's going on.
0: Well, but also that it starts with saying, I'm definitely gonna return the boat. Ends with, yeah. I'm, you're not getting the boat. You back. know, I'm not bringing this back. I'm sorry. And then she was
1: like, I went to camping. I went to sailing camp when I was when I was younger. So this is, this is easy. I got this. <laughs> God, Kitty is the fucking best. This book reminded me of how much I love Kitty Bride. Like yeah. she is so fun. And over the past few years that I've seen her in any of the X books, she's been so fucking dull. And, like, and I
0: really love how she kept the nose bandage, like the bruise mm-hmm. the whole book.
1: Yeah. Like I'd like to see the progression of when it finally goes away. Like the... Oh, see, the, I want
0: the opposite. Because, all right, never you ever goes watch in Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah. There's an episode where Frank busts his face on the front door, yeah. and the rest of the episode continues, and it gets progressively worse. It swells, <laughs> it bleeds, <laughs> like it just looks yeah, really like bad. We,
1: we just see her just like all of a sudden she's like, "Listen, I think I gotta go get to the doctor and get this eye cut open." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she comes to the island with a bunch of stuff for uh for, for Wolverine. Wolverine. His shopping
1: list fucking cracked me up. The little okay, notes I was he scared wrote though
0: because I looked at the cast list. and I'm like, Wolverine's on another team. That's not good. Nope. Well, he's not just, on the scene. No, he's just swimming out to the boat <laughs> to get his shit. He just wants his shit, and, that's and he's it. like, keep
1: and when he was like, get the dapper dude's pomade. Keep that under your hat. Don't <laughs> <But>, you <know>. let <laughs> No, it
0: was, the writing was fantastic. This whole so, book. so fucking good.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, Gary Duggan. It's fucking great.
0: And it's funny because he wrote Deadpool for yeah. like six years. Forever. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she finally gets to the island, and the first person to see her is Iceman. Yep. And again, tries to use the portals, thinking maybe it's because she was away from the mm-hmm. island, still can't use it. Yeah. Iceman kind of having fun with her, be like, okay, I'll go real quick and come back. Yeah. So when Iceman leaves to go back to the gate, she's kind of waiting, looking kind of annoyed, like, everyone can do this but me. This is mm-hmm. kind of annoying. And then um Emma calls her over mentally, of course, <laughs> while she's just somewhere else doing business transactions and kind of gives her an offer um i forget was it her or was it emma or kitty that said did you ask storm first yeah it was kitty that said that and she was like she turned it down immediately yeah which makes sense yeah because who no one no one should trust emma no and kitty doesn't
1: trust emma which is why she's perfect for this
0: and i as much as i love she's one of my favorite characters actually oh yeah you should not trust you should never trust
1: emma
0: yeah and She's kind of offering saying, hey, wow, you you made it there by yourself on a Mm -hmm. boat. You know Mm -hmm. what? I got a boat job for you. (laughs) Speaking of boats. (laughs) Yeah. Which, again, makes it all seem too convenient. Yes. But she's like, I got a boat job for you, a giant-ass boat. I want you to get a crew together, and you're going to help me get mutants around the world who can't use the gates because of the countries Yes. and the way they work, which...
1: But under the guise of basically delivering like medicine and like smuggling medicine in, in some cases to places like they're doing legit business, but under that guise from what I got, she's also going to be smuggling people. She's basically was like, it's going to be the opposite of what the, uh, the british people used to do
0: (laughs) what i liked about it was there was a moment where basically she said those countries that accept our help and we Mm -hmm. get to run the economy there but for the places we can't Mm -hmm. we might as well run the black market exactly
1: that's what i'm saying so like she's doing legitimate business and then like on the same journey is going to be doing the the black market business
0: which yeah makes sense Mm -hmm. it's it's practical you might as well get that money too it's yours welcome to capitalism yeah but here's the thing a lot of people kept saying x-men is about being a, a comparison for people who are underprivileged or underrepresented like you know racism and gay people and sure. all those kind yep. of things it and is. i feel like this book kind of subtly did that yeah it's showing like in brazil mutants aren't accepted mm-hmm. like what's happening with gay people right now in Brazil? Exactly.
1: yeah oh yeah they touched on real places
0: yeah real places that have real issues and mm-hmm. using that as mutants that's yeah. that's exactly what X the, the
1: whole the whole thing going on with the russians
0: that we'll get into more they're yeah. they're anti-gay stuff too you know like and there was recently a thing with um in brazil with the marvel comics and gay couples
1: mm-hmm. yeah they wouldn't have the the one cover on it right I it, was, it was i think it was
0: like uh wiccan and um wiccan and i can't remember the other one's name no
1: oh, okay. the half scroll yeah. guy yeah, hulkling
0: yeah, yeah. um but yeah so i really like those kind of subtle digs mm-hmm. of that yeah i did too and Kitty thinks about it and says, "You know what? Yeah, this will be kind of cool." You know.
1: She says, "I'll get back to you." Like she she, basically she uses the rest of this adventure to make up her mind.
0: True. Yes, but I I felt like she was on board. She knew what she was going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't want to give Emma the. Yeah,
1: she's not going to just tell Emma yes right away. She's going to make Emma work for it.
0: Yeah, and then we have Iceman trying to go to Russia to see what he can do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and immediately gets beat up by this uh, power suit guy. Yes. He kind of looks like Crimson Dynamo, uh, Iron Man villain. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, he did say like a knockoff Iron Man uh, outfit or something.
0: Exactly. Uh, immediately, it, it's the classic, oh, his power is to take away your powers. Yes. <laughs> Which is a little lazy, but it's comics.
1: It is, but it was also like, well, that makes sense of how they're keeping people from going through the gate.
0: Yeah. And Iceman runs away naked through the portal because <laughs> he oh, can't Iceman. do anything now. Oh, Iceman. Uh, and as he comes back, you have Kitty kind of drunk. Oh, Kitty
1: uh, has gotten wasted in the time that he was gone, <laughs> getting into Wolverine's stash. So, well, she's
0: still stuck on the beach, basically. She can't
1: go anywhere. She can't get into Krakoa, because that was my question. I'm like, well, she can just sail there. What's stopping anyone from st- sailing there? But it seems like still, in order to get into Krakoa proper, you have to go through a gate. Even if you, well, land if you on don't, the beach.
0: you have to go through an island that's alive. That yes, could just kill you.
1: Exactly, so...
0: Uh, and we'll get into why she can't get in. Our theories of why. Oh, she- I have
1: a whole. Did I put those in your outline too? You put a few, of All okay. my theories. Okay, or all the theories I've seen at that point.
0: So then we cut to okay, Taiwan. We hear there we go. Yeah. We cut to Taiwan.
1: Wait, no, no, we're skipping over what might be my favorite panel slash quote from comics history at this point, <laughs> when Kitty says, "I want to fight some agro humans." Iceman, get in my boat. While she's like fucking shit faced on that tree. <laughs> yeah. I love that, the, the the drawing of it, like how adorable and drunk she is and excited to fight some people. Storm in the background, looking kind of proud, but also alarmed at what the hell Kitty's doing. And Iceman like, <laughs> hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like it was fucking perfect.
0: It's definitely, a, you know what, fuck it, let's just do it kind of let's, moment. <laughs> let's do it, let's do the damn thing. <laughs> so then we cut to Taiwan, where we have a woman saying her husband, I believe,
1: Yes, her husband went through she's claiming her husband went through a gate and never came back. Like he he solely touched a gate and it stole him. Basically, she's yeah. accusing Krakoa and the mutants of kidnapping her husband.
0: Now I'm like, once again, I'm going to judge the the wise counsel of X-Men uh, for who they send on missions. So you're gonna send the one black guy to Taiwan to oh, be incognito.
1: So yeah, okay. I did see, and here's where our our experiences in life play play into play into yeah, as a black man <laughs> a, i
0: see things <laughs> differently yeah
1: so all i because i wrote oh he he's really good for it for this as like just an overall job of bishop going out there investigating these claims or investigating yeah. anti-mutant propaganda is perfect for bishop but yes from a cultural and and racist standpoint yeah 100
0: (laughs) sending him to fucking taiwan was not a good idea. listen my mother who's not a tall woman has been to china and immediately said everyone stared at her yeah and assumed she was a celebrity because Mm -hmm. why else would a black person be here why would a black woman be in china she's not so having bishop with a giant m scarred on his face (laughs) a huge black guy (laughs) trying to blend into the crowd. And that hat he
1: was wearing, which was not <laughs> like a hat he, to- he
0: couldn't stand out more in Taiwan. No,
1: he's like, oh, I'm also going to put this hat on that no one else is wearing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, which I kind of loved. And I love Bishop. He was Oh, Bishop's dope, man. I love Bishop. Again, love being a hat. 90s kid. Yeah. Like, he was one of those quintessential 90s people. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. my dream is a book of just like a spy versus spy, but it's Bishop and Cable trying to kill each other. Oh, that would be fun. Just jumping through time would be great.
1: But keep so- Deadpool out of it
0: yes uh so basically he immediately goes okay ma'am listen we'll investigate it but we have no record of your husband going through the portal and she tells him to fuck off basically which makes you think okay she's just lying oh yeah there's yeah she's she doesn't she's being paid
1: or she's some kind of fucking actor about it man as as fox news would say she's a crisis actor
0: yeah (laughs) so now we get to my favorite part of this book we get to pyro
1: okay cool i have a note about pyro too good
0: so I love this is one of the best things about this this whole era of bringing back mutants who have been dead yeah. because I love when Iceman's like oh shit oh yeah the original pyro <laughs> the original pyro and he's like yeah it's me and i felt so honored to be one of the first to come back <laughs> oh, yeah. and i realized I was is- oh
1: they were the just experiment.
0: testing it on me <laughs> <laughs> cuz who gives a fuck about pyro <laughs> who gives a shit about poor little old pyro I know I our, love this whole panel. This whole page is great.
1: So here's, I have a question for you. And because uh, we're going to spend more time thinking about kitty theories, but here, here's a Pyro theory. Do you think it's plausible? Both of these things I think are equally plausible. Do you think Pyro really decided, oh, I'm just going to get out of here. I'm going to steal this boat, but first I'm going to take a nap. Or do you think he was told to go hang out there and go on this event like he's a spy for like emma or somebody else who wants. To it's
0: oddly it could oddly be column a column b exactly
1: like it could be a ridiculous like, character maybe he was supposed to put a tracking device on there but just <laughs> fell asleep it's like all right i'll be the tracking device
0: yeah like i can totally imagine an issue where it's the big reveal where he's behind everything where he's all been a
1: spy all along yeah
0: but i can also imagine him being the comic relief
1: yeah and also being like at the in the same issue being like yeah, but I kept forgetting to send my reports. So, like, they don't know anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we we get that, and they all go on a mission together to Russia to help the mutants there.
1: Okay, so we've often talked about this. Where the fuck is Krakoa, right? Yeah. So I looked at a map, and Krakoa Pacific is basically south of China, which theoretically doesn't seem super far. From the eastern part of Russia and the coast of Russia, so you, obviously you have to have a coast of Russia to get the boat there. But it's far enough that I don't believe they got there in one night <laughs> by boat. Because the, the guy said when they finally get back there, the guy in the in the Iron Man knockoff suit was like, "Oh, I was looking for a fight tonight." Like, like Bobby was just there, Iron Man was just there, but then so they got on a boat and sailed. So Pyro. what I'm saying is,
0: how fast is this boat? All right, so here's my thing. Okay, Pyro shoots fire from the back, and then Storm gives him the perfect wind. Ooh! Oh, she does say when Storm's
1: coming to join, she's like, we're going to need the wind at our back. There you go. All right, I like this theory. (laughs) It was rocket power. So Lockheed was blowing his dragon
0: fire to make this. I love it. I'm I'm on board. (laughs) So then we get to possibly my favorite Kitty Pride fight scene. God damn. She
1: used all her old ninja skills. She used her phasing skills perfectly. Like, this book, in one issue, I was like, oh, God, I'm in love with Kitty Pride again. Like, this is the Kitty pride I fucking love, man. Like, the, like, sassy, feisty, makes mistakes but
0: thinks she's fucking perfect Kitty Pride. So, the part where one of the soldiers says she's a hologram and then she just punches <laughs> she, him in the throat.
1: Karate <laughs> chops him in the throat. <laughs> I love that she, like, the, listen, we can't kill anybody, but
0: that doesn't mean I can't fucking injure them. Oh, let's go over it. She shoots a man in the leg. She Didn't takes the, the gun and phases it into Oop. two guys' legs. Legs.
1: You can still live
0: without <laughs> legs. <laughs> just phases it in there. She phases that.
1: it in the legs. She almost blows the dude up with the grenades inside of a tank.
0: Yeah, phases Reduce. through a tank, pulls the pins. Was she 100% sure those pins were smoke grenades? At this point, she was
1: like, listen, I'm giving you enough time to get yourself out of here. It's on you if you die.
0: And then something I want, like a figure of eventually. Oh my God. She wants this guy's sword. She wants the guy's sword really bad. So, like, oh, I like your sword. Like, it
1: felt very, like, Ileana Rasputin-esque, too. Like, just fixated on one little thing, but, like, just fighting her way over to it.
0: She gets the sword. And then something uh, my girlfriend, Jessica, who I'm sure will be on the podcast eventually. gotta get Jessica. uh, Something she brought up that. Before Emma said, you're the kind of person who doesn't go for a second kick.
1: Exactly, I had that in the notes, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what she
1: does. She does. She, like, gives him one more, all because Emma got in her head. Because she's like, that doesn't sound like a compliment. (laughs) So, like, this is Kitty clearly saying, listen, I'm not Kitty anymore. And why isn't she?
0: Because she's Kate now. And we also have a moment where, because this pyro needs something to ignite the flames.
1: Yes. This uh, is what I thought you were going to say you wanted a statue of
0: this, this also would be a would be
1: cool really statue cool.
0: um we have locky just shooting some fire and then he just manipulates it to have yeah. more fire okay <laughs> he has- so
1: here's uh, a part where i'm like mm, those people died
0: yeah yeah they're dead <laughs> they're crispy like
1: <laughs> unless they had like really flame-proof fucking outfits on
0: those people did yeah uh and then we have kitty welcome all the russian people into Krikoa. yeah and it- then just says We're the Marauders. We'll bring them home.
1: And she gives the classic uh, Charles Xavier's a jerk pose, which I think is perfect. Have you seen that old cover (laughs) from the 80s? Like, that is perfect that they went back there, dude. Almost like a cheesy, like, TV. Exactly. welcome to the show. Uh, And I love that she even says, keep recording. And then it's like, because Kitty Pride is the biggest fucking nerd of all, she just turns around and
0: does that. And then we have kind of acquired her moment. And this is what I kind of want to talk about with Kitty calling herself Kate. Yes. Where... She feels she. Everyone's gonna call her Kitty because they're her family. It's like when you have a brother Mm -hmm. or sister that calls you by your nickname. Yeah. But she's like, no, no, no. no. I'm an adult. I'm a big girl. Adult now.
1: I'm not allowed to your party anymore. So I have to start a whole new life. I'm Kate now.
0: And then we. And I like that group shot.
1: Yeah, and I like that Emma is really the first one to know about it, and the one who's like, "Why haven't you told them to call you that yet? Like, that's your name now, right? Like." And she's like, they won't, you know, like, and even throughout the book, Storm, who always has, calls her kitten, you know, like, and she still continues to do that. But Especially I'm sure in a world
0: will. where everyone makes up a ridiculous name and yes. everyone calls you by but it.
1: That, that was the thing where she's like, oh, the X-Men can, can't do that. They can do all these things, but they can't do that. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like they, like, they all grew up with one name. And now they all run around just calling themselves other names. I'm sure they'll find a way to remember that you
0: have a new name now. But again, I think it's more of that family thing. It's yeah. like, we're family. Yeah. My brother, my mother calls me Nikki. My name's not yeah. Nikki, but it it's going to be that. It is now on the podcast. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm changing it to Donna Vax Podcast by Nikki and Josh. Nikki and Joshy? <laughs> Nikki and Josh. <laughs> new picture, like two babies. Like Hey, hey. X <laughs> are hey. uh, so let's get into some theories. All right. All right. My first
1: thing, this ties back to the, to the plot and to the Sinister Secrets that we talked about. The Sinister Secrets was like, oh, Kitty wasn't the first or even second choice. Yeah. I don't believe that. I find it difficult to believe that Emma wouldn't have thought of Kitty first for this because Emma has been trying to get Kitty to be a member and leader of whatever team she's put together for a very fucking long time. Emma has always respected Kitty. Emma was the one who was after Kitty, but then the X-Men got there first. Like, when she first joined the X-Men, it was because Emma and the Hellfire Club were after her. Like, they wanted her. And Emma tried
0: to bang her, kind of? Anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was later. Um, Yeah, she loves Kitty in many ways, and now she's Kate, so she can legally love Kitty. (laughs) So I just want that out there that I don't believe...
0: The now, in the sinister secrets there are a few things like um we hear the slow boat is built to catch all eyes yes but it's the one under the radar that's really turning heads
1: so i'm thinking that's the the slow boat is probably that giant boat like if i'm taking it literally is it the giant boat that emma's put together to represent the hellfire trading company mm-hmm. and then the slow boat or the quick boat the one that everyone is, should be turning heads is the kitty's missions and you know, smuggling or people Kitty to in Kirkoa, general, maybe or Kitty in general too. So
0: here's my theory. I've been thinking about it a lot. I think Emma's the one who caused Kitty not being able to go through the portal.
1: I would, I think that too. I think she psychically did something to her brain so that Krakoa can't see that she's a mute,
0: or something to um to um to the cipher? translator uh, cipher. cipher?
1: Yeah. Maybe now here's I thing. feel like that would probably be a little harder, but I mean, oh no,
0: she was she's on the council. She can fuck anybody. Yeah. But also, why? Why do should do this? I think someone, if not Emma, someone is trying to see what happens to a mutant who hasn't gone through the portal.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If
0: anyone's going to be suspicious of Magneto and Xavier, it's going to be Emma. Oh, yeah.
1: 100%.
0: And right now, in this new era, the most independent-thinking character so far has been Kitty.
1: Yes, but we there were times in this issue... And again, this is the first, I think it's important to note too, this is the first issue that Hickman himself isn't writing. Yes. So this could just be a writing style thing and not necessarily a plot thing. But sure. um, Storm and Iceman and Pyro all did seem more normal than they had, Storm in particular, had in previous issues, including yes. Hawksbox. So, like, I, again, I'm i trying to figure out is that because they're hanging around with Kitty so their true personalities are coming back out when it's not just yeah. being mirrored by what they're seeing all the time? Or is it just a writing style?
0: It could totally be a writing style. Yeah. I just feel like it's almost what happens to one character who hasn't been, like, had anything implanted in their brain, exactly. like the Krakoan yeah. language, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, no, I,
1: guess I, I think I, I like that theory. I like that theory a lot more than the theory of She's not a mutant. If it turns out that that Kitty's not a mutant, I will cancel all of my subscriptions and this podcast fucking (laughs) immediately.
0: (laughs) You'd piss off everyone, but also just forgetting that you have to like ignore how many times they've been captured by anti-mutant guns. Exactly. Like, yeah. Then you You have to ignore those. How
1: you retcon the fact that Kitty, one of the most prominent mutants,
0: is not a mutant anymore? And no one realized. And no one (laughs) realized
1: it. No, it's bullshit. I I ain't hearing it.
0: And you would think at this point, the council will check to make sure she's a mutant if she couldn't use it.
1: it well, she and Iceman are very interested in the top men that are working on it. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yes, that is Marauders. Really. Wait, good wait.
1: There's, so so there's, other, there's one other theory that I kind of okay, thought good. about. So you remember in, I think it was Powers of X, where Xavier brings Doug to the island for the first time, Cypher to the island for the first yeah. time. And there's one little wearing scene wearing his
0: evil sister's clothes, but where
1: yes, dressed as fucking Cassandra Nova. So was it really Xavier? We don't know. Um he there was a scene where where um, Cypher touches a leaf with his techno arm and this techno virus spreads into the leaf itself. I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it. Because like I've at this point, like that. Yeah, there's one one little fucking scene. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll try to screen cap it from Pox and send it. So like at some point, Doug and Krukoa are sharing that techno organic virus at this point. And I don't know if the only huh. significance of that is that's what's helped him create a language for it, or if that could also be playing into because Doug and Ramsey or Doug and Kitty are very close. Yeah, Krakoa is now an extension in some ways of Doug and Doug is now an extension of Krakoa is there some kind of tie there of like that could relationship be. being a prevention huh. and then another theory I saw that I, I don't know if I like or dislike but it could be Xavier and Moira blocking her because there's really nowhere Kitty can't go Wow, she can yeah. literally phase through walls and shit you know so like what if she accidentally finds Moira that would be funny, yeah. Nothing on Krakoa would be kept from her. Like, they don't want precogs there. So why would they want somebody who would literally just kind of walk around wherever Walking they wanted to the walk? Yeah. Huh,
0: Those are some fair. of
1: the theories I've seen that I, I'm much more fond of than she's not a mutant.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, no, that's all. I, I, I can't wait to see where this goes, but it also has a lot of room to breathe to have oh really God. fun it, stories. It's, it's going to be, which is weird because there is an
1: Excalibur book, book coming out this week. But... Or witnesses coming out, um, but this feels like the old school Excalibur books—just fun, zany, like pirate-esque adventures. And like the new Excalibur, I wonder what role that's going to take now. You know,
0: I wouldn't be shocked if it's more like an international role. Yeah, yeah something, what's you know. happening in Europe? How they react to all this? Yeah. So that uh, I, I will no say. Thing. We did get some previews for uh, January, I believe, and I love the covers because one of the covers is—it's just Magneto, Xavier, and Apocalypse wearing business suits.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. I—I I saw that, and one of the—I I wish I could remember who tweeted this. One of the first tweets I saw of that was, "Imagine how terrified Apocalypse's Taylor was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he must be the best." <laughs>
1: Oh, this this suit you're not fit enough to make suits anymore I've killed you <laughs> like imagine if he went to a human tailor too like oh God no. well, so yeah how you get a suit that big for a is beyond <laughs> me sure like, there's a
0: mutant that can make oh there's guy I'm sure
1: coco if cococo can make f- food on this island and plates that are edible and don't make you shit anymore then <laughs>
0: And like little slugs that clean dishes.
1: And then the compromise is little slugs that clean your dishes. Then there's no way Krakoa can't make you uh, make you a suit.
0: All right. Well, next week or next in two weeks, we have three issues. So yay. Uh, we have Excalibur number one, New Mutants number one, and X-Force number one. Now, out of all these three, I'm most excited about New Mutants number one. Because from yes. what I'm seeing, it's like a space book.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited because I like new mutants and I like those characters and the plot is the one that seems the funny, like the the funnest to me. Yeah. But from a character standpoint, I'm really excited for that Excalibur book because besides Kitty, my other favorite characters are rogue and gambit. And I do like apocalypse and Jubilee and Psylocke is, you know, like I, the entire time I was reading Marauders, I was like, Gambit and rogue would be perfect on this team. What are they doing with Excalibur? Like, this would be the team for them. Like, like, just Gambit complaining the entire time, like, Rogue, what the hell did you get us into now? <laughs> like, what? Like His dumb ass just follows her anywhere, you
0: know? So, one more theory I had about all these books. Someone who could screw everything up. Uh, someone who can screw everything up would be original Cable. Yeah, so one of
1: the things I did notice was we have very clearly teenage Cable. Yes. Who's, calling- who's re- recent. Who's only recent character. Yeah, who's calling Gene mom. Like, he's very kid-like. Like, Mom, yeah. can I have this gun? Like, yeah do
0: you know why where he came from do i don't know the whole story of teenage cable You want? he know? killed old gambit oh sorry not gambit he killed old uh, cable me. what are you trying to do yeah. he hand. killed old cable because he wasn't following the mission oh,
1: okay that which sounds was familiar
0: to, mm-hmm. yeah which was to bring back the original five x-men who were messing up the timeline yes
1: okay yeah, yeah. i remember that so
0: he killed his old self and said he explained it like it's a loop where if one doesn't do follow the rules a younger one will come up because someone told them to do it i don't know sure Timey mean why me but i feel Timey-wimey like
1: classic, wishy-washy <laughs>
0: yeah i feel like classic cable if yeah. he comes from the future <laughs> yeah and he's gonna be like, uh the fuck is going on here <laughs> like, yeah so that could be interesting
1: yeah that'd be i i would like to see there's gotta be there's gotta be some mutants at some point that are like uh you know I don't this utopia is not for me. Fallen Angels. Exactly. Like that's what I think that book is gonna be.
0: I think it is. All right, man. All right. All right. Let's hope this works. Fans. Yes, hope, let's hope it all works. Thank you guys for listening. Oh, thank we you had
1: reviews. Did we did you want me to read that review or yeah, yeah, but to mention person? Yes.
0: Thank you for the person who reviewed our first legitimate review. We really appreciate it. I hope all you fans can can leave a little comment and uh five stars, hopefully, if you feel that way.
1: Now I can't even find us in the Apple store. So I guess we're done. <laughs> no, it. there it is. That's no, there. Right. Um, so yes, yeah, so like Nick said, find us on iTunes, we're Stitcher, anywhere you want to go. If you leave us a review, I think I can only really see it on iTunes. I don't really have a, a Stitcher or Google account. But screenshot it and send it to us and we'll read it. So thank you from iTunes to coach. Yeah, if you have any questions. Yeah, we didn't get questions this week, but we'll take questions whenever you guys send them. Use the hashtag DocsPod. <laughs> so uh Coach Oxford wrote, So glad you guys have decided to make this podcast. Hickman has started something wonderful. And when Kevin Feige takes taking control of Marvel Comics, I'm so hopeful for the future of X-Men coming back in a big way. Obviously, so are we because we're spending time out of our day making this. The podcast will be great for recaps and theory speculation that his kids and my buddies and I love to talk about between issues. Thanks for starting this podcast at such an exciting time for X-Men fans. I humbly request weekly episodes because I can't get enough X-Men. We can't get enough X-Men, but we also have jobs.
0: Jobs. And weekly families. podcasts
1: are going to be hard, but it might not be. <laughs> I'm not
0: ruling it out at this at the rate we're going. Yeah. Hey, if the response is good, we'll do that. You know, yeah,
1: it, it might happen. Let's see what the audio quality sounds like on this one, and then we'll take it from there. <laughs>
0: So thank you guys for being with us, and we'll tell see them where you. can you. find me on Twitter. Oh my God! Fine, you can find me. You want us at, to send us questions? We gotta know where to send them. <laughs> you can find me at Madman3005. And you, can Josh, find me, where can they find you? You can find me at Xbrarian. It's just librarian with an X. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for stopping by. Nick, and we'll take us see out of here. X time. It's a good one, right? It's a good. It's a good that. pun, right? You doing that. See you all later, guys. I gotta start it. MCs get caught it. Off, you're soft. Donna Sue Junior will run this quarter war ya. What it plays is hey, it's fat racist. I portray this. photograph, so the last laugh. It's mine. You're behind for the mind and for the soul. That's how I grow.